Welcome everybody, Home Dogs Podcast, heading into Conference Championship Sunday. Just three NFL games remaining this season. It's very, very sad, but at least these games are going to be good, we hope, and at least we have a great Super Bowl matchup guaranteed no matter who wins any of these games, and that's the first time in a long time I think you can say that at least. I don't think anyone would be disappointed with Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, or Kansas City making it. So uh, we're guaranteed a great Super Bowl Sunday either way. Unfortunately, we can't guarantee you good picks on this podcast during the playoffs. We are only good at regular season games and regular season betting. And, you know, it makes sense. The lines in the playoffs are a little tougher. There's uh, a lot more people betting on these games. The lines are super sharp. The overrunners are super sharp. And uh, you can't pick out those those special lines that are speaking to you and nobody else like we can during the regular season when you're working with 14 to 16 games a weekend. So we've just been getting slaughtered the last couple of weeks. This week, we, we thought we were going to turn things around. We won our first bet of the weekend. We had Green Bay to cover in the first half. They did. We're feeling great. Uh, we had this huge teaser with Green Bay and the Ravens. Green Bay did their part. The Ravens did not. And that pick six that Lamar threw really just sent our weekend into a downward spiral. We lost on the Ravens. We lost on the Chiefs. Get into that later with Chad Henney and Patrick Mahomes. But uh, we we didn't even bet as a group on the final game with New Orleans and uh, Tampa Bay because we were so distraught after blowing another weekend of this. So we'll put it in our past. We'll move on. Uh, Mark, just how you feeling right now? Your confidence after... Uh, you know, a really great regular season and now two frustrating playoff weeks in a row. Uh, confidence is completely shot. Um, been texting with you guys this week. I have no read on, on these last two games. Um, the lines seem right. Um, so I'm going to defer to you guys in terms of your expertise uh, going forward. I, I just can't can't seem to get the playoffs right, unfortunately. And I don't think I can get it right either. I don't know if, if Trav can get it right himself. I think we just, <laughs> we just overthink everything. Whatever we do is wrong. Teasers, I got we got to stop with the teasers. I never do it, and then we've we've found ourselves getting burned by some horrible fluke plays. But that Ravens game, just go back to that because that's where it all kind of fell apart for us. I mean, they're down ten three. Lamar's driving this great plotting drive. They're moving the ball, getting first downs, and then he throws that pick six. Just like one of the worst plays, one of the worst throws you could imagine in a playoff spot. Travel what are your emotions as a uh, Taron Johnson was returning that 101 yards for a touchdown. It, it was crushing. I mean, we knew everything was done at that moment in time because it had taken so much effort for them to get down the field like that. Really just frustrating and heartbreaking. I mean, we I think we were relatively smart about it because we we weren't playing Baltimore at that number. We had them in the, the tees, so I think we had them at, you know, nine and a half. So any points there would have made a huge difference, frankly. Uh, and they were on the doorstep for the touchdown to tie the game up. So at that point, it was just all over. Uh, totally brutal. Um, I know I think... Got a little back in with Tampa Bay live. I bet them money line and uh, and spread when they were down six nothing uh, against the Saints. That paid out a little bit, but it was just small. It wasn't wasn't enough to fill the void, I guess I'd say. So, but good games this weekend. I agree. I mean, I think I, I like Mark. I'm just my head is wrapped in a pretzel, and I just you want to like fade yourself, and you're like, well, that seems stupid. You don't know what side side sharp, what side square. So, I, I don't know. I have some thoughts, but not nothing crazy. Going back to that interception for a second, were you guys at all surprised that, I mean, I think it occurred, it occurred like on the goal line that Lamar wasn't able to chase down the the returner. I mean, I feel like he's the fastest guy ever and just kind of in retrospect, like he couldn't have slowed the down guy down to allow like a, another player to make the tackle. It reminds me of the, fan, what was it, Cam Newton in the Super Bowl when he didn't dive on the fumble? It's just like you quit on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you think they probably could have held to a field goal. I mean, if you th- the Bills' offense really wasn't that great in that game. The wind was definitely messing with Allen's confidence and, and his ability to hook up with his receivers, too. It was just so frustrating because even if Tucker just makes those two field goals, we cover two, even with the pick six. Yep, yep, uh, yep. And the back, back, backup quarterback had a chance to, to backdoor it. I mean, they were down 17-3. They were on the 10-yard line. They could have scored a touchdown and could have got that tease in. Yeah, we were going to win with, with Taylor Heineke and Tyler Hundley in the same <laughs> playoffs. It would have been amazing. Uh, God, the playoffs, uh, aside from us sucking and losing, at least all the games have been pretty compelling, at least from, from my vantage point. Maybe if you don't have money on these games, I guess you could say that some, some of them suck. Maybe the Green Bay game wasn't that entertaining, but I still think Snow Flurry's coming down in Lambeau. Like, what, what could be bad about watching that on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think that... Each game has kind of had uh, some sort of narrative or just the, the visuals have been really pretty. A lot of classic teams playing like the Bills, Chiefs and Packers. So it's, it's kind of fun to see those teams in the playoffs and, and doing well. Let's get into these. Maybe we can flush out some some good bets to make. Maybe we shouldn't bet as a group this weekend and just split off individually and try and change our karma, even if we all take the same side. But not not having our uh, money all pulled together can work. But who the hell knows? We, we got to. Is there money left? I don't even know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We've blown through our proxy money for next year. <laughs> We're dipping into the the well of the entry fee. So, but there's still plenty of work to do. You know, your bet size only get a uh, bigger as the playoffs go along and the games dwindle as to how many more you can bet on. But uh, first game on Sunday, it's I think they got the order right. I don't think it was up for decision. I think they just flip flopped the years, CBS and Fox. But the the NFC is early this week. Maybe that's good because Lambeau at night would have just been unfair to bedtime Brady. But three o'clock, you get Packers, Bucks. Right now, the line's at three and a half in most places. I've seen it dip to three with heavy juice for the Packers at times. Over unders, 51 and a half. I don't really have a read on that. That that seems kind of high, just that number itself. And 77% of the bets are on the over. Uh, 58% of bets are on Green Bay. 59% of the money is on Green Bay. I kind of like Green Bay, but I, I really have no read. Just I, I really didn't think Brady looked good last week against the Saints. I think he missed a lot of throws. They obviously capitalized off of four pretty bad Saints turnovers, including three terrible Breeze interceptions. So, you know, he was able to punch it in and when he got the ball, a really good field position. But I don't know if I can see them going up to Lambeau and beating up on the Packers like they did earlier in the season. I'm a gun to my head. I'm probably taking the Packers, even though it's going to be the more popular side. I just, I don't know. This Packers team is rolling. They, they seem to run the ball fantastically. Uh, I think we've been wanting to fade both of these teams all year long, so that, that kind of gives me a mind fuck because I hate both these defenses, and I think they're both overrated, but what the hell? What, what did you think here, Mark, initially? Uh, I, I agree with you. I think I initially leaned towards Green Bay. I, I, I don't have a compelling case, though. I, I feel like part of me just wants Green Bay to win, so I don't know if that's influencing my my decision in picking this game in terms of like metrics or stats, the fact that Tampa Bay generated, I think it was three or four turnovers against the saints offense last week. Maybe there's some regression this week going against Rogers. Who's, who's historically pretty good protecting the ball. Um, albeit, I think he threw two interceptions when uh, he played Tampa Bay uh, earlier this year. And I think the, the other concern is the, the green Bay offensive line going up against this Tampa defensive line. Um, I think Rogers was pressured on 30% of the dropbacks the last time they, they played Tampa Bay. So, that, that, that's going to be a concern in this game, but I, I don't know. I, I don't have a strong lean, but I, I think I'd lean, lean Green Bay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I disagree with you. I do want Tampa Bay to be in the Super Bowl, maybe for obvious reasons, but I don't know. I, I think that I'm still waiting for that 
team to click on both sides of the ball. I think the defense took a step forward last weekend, uh, although Breeze is obviously pretty shot. You know, I've heard there's some narrative coming out of the game where it's like, oh, both these quarterbacks are totally washed. And, you know, Brady's not perfect, but the the throw we had to Miller late in the game was perfect. He put one on Gronk, you know, in the end zone. That was not not an easy catch, but, um, you know, Gronk had a chance at it. I, I don't know. I thought Brady played pretty well for what he had to do in the game. Um, but I would still take, I think, Green Bay here. I think I'd be interested in doing some different things. Like, I think they're minus two and a half in the first half, which doesn't seem like a lot of value, but I'd still take that first half bet under a field goal. And then I almost kind of like this alternate point spread at the Packers minus six at plus 135. Uh, I feel like this game, if it gets out of hand, it's going to get out of hand in one way, and that's in the Packers' favor. So I'd like maybe a little bit of exposure to that. But, you know, other than that, the line seems pretty right. Well, the other thing to consider, I guess, Mike, you kind of mentioned it earlier this week, was the the idea of weather and this uh, this Florida team going to play in a in a really cold environment in Green Bay. Like maybe that that impacts the the players. I, I don't know. I I don't think it'll impact Brady, right? How many big games has he played in New England over the course of his career? So that part doesn't scare me. But the rest of the team, maybe maybe it will. Even Arians, I feel like, doesn't do well in the cold. I, I can already see his face getting all red and puffy. <laughs> Uh, with that knapsack that he has on and all the other gear that he's <laughs> carrying around. He looked awful last week. The M17 that he has in his... <laughs> he looks so splotchy this weekend. He looked awful. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an Arians fan. I still don't think they've watched any tape of Brady playing in New England. Like, all yeah. his deep throws and everything is just insane to me. That's the issue for me, I feel like, to, for wanting to take Green Bay. Like, they're still pounding Fournette, like, a ton. And, like... If, if Fournette didn't make all these catches out of the backfield, I don't know what would have happened in this game. Like, he almost saved the day with his ability to make some of those catches, which he he dropped a lot of in the games that we watched earlier in the season. He almost dropped that touchdown pass that he did catch, that six-yarder after uh, they got the turnover. But, you know, they throw deep on third and short all the time, which confuses me. And now Antonio Brown, who knows what his status is going to be. Mike Evans is still banged up. Godwin's still banged up and dropping passes left and right the last couple weeks. So, I don't know. Brady up there, he's not going to be phased by the cold, but he's got to be perfect to win this game. And I don't know if he can be perfect in Lambeau. It's tough. Going back to Arians, I mean, I I think he's, I mean, definitely this round, he's by far the worst coach remaining. But I would even say last round, I think he was the worst head coach in my mind remaining. Yeah, just looking at the teams that played. I, I think so, right? Yeah. Def- I mean, I don't even, probably not even close. I hadn't thought about it, but you're you're definitely right. That's given a lot of credit to to uh, Matt Lafleur here after a couple of years, but I guess I he's mean, earned it, right? NFC Championship trade. games, he's lost yeah. seven games in two years. Yeah, Lafleur. Who would have thought? And then after they like drafted all those dudes, the quarterback love, they're just like went on a tear. We've been waiting to fade this Packers team literally for 17 weeks, and it hasn't been worth it to do it once. Do, do you think? <laughs> Uh, Green Bay's either coaching staff or management regrets uh, taking Jordan Love. No, because do you, do you think it pissed off Rodgers enough to do, have this type of fuck you season? Like 48 touchdowns, oh, six true. interceptions. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think that's, that's why they did it, but I think the residual effect of them doing it, maybe. I don't think they're that smart. Like, no, no, no GM sitting there like, I'm going to draft this quarterback. <laughs> Rodgers is going to be mad at me, right? Right. Any uh, thoughts? Cleet Blakeman, the official on this one, Trav, anything to be worried about there? Yeah, I know. Not, I, don't, I don't like him. You know, I don't like him. Yeah. yeah how the hell did he make the NFC Championship game? Jesus. And, and how bad were the officials? Not even with calls. I don't I don't recall any specific calls, but like with Hockley, it's the same thing every freaking time. Like they put this crew around him that I think they're there to like babysit him. So every time he throws a flag, he has to debate it with people and like they have to explain it. And then he comes out and explain like it's 
I can't watch him. I really can't. I really struggle. I'd, I'd be curious if Hockey League's games in general run longer than like a typical NFL game just because they're, they're taking that much longer to discuss the penalties and they're throwing more flags. I wonder yeah. if that's actually the case. Yeah, I definitely in both of those games on Sunday in particular, I feel like at the end of the first half in both games, like there were flags on like three out of five plays. It, it's just yeah. like it, it just hit a point where they're like, OK, we're going to start throwing all these flags and calling everything. No, that was the biggest takeaway for me, like comparing the two days. Like, I feel like on Saturday, I even texted you guys, text a few other people, like both games on Saturday, like you didn't even notice the officiating. It was so good. Like Ron Torbert did one of the games and yep. uh, the chef did the other one. And like, they just don't get in the way. They're not holding the game up. They're not like having the little conferences to decide what's going on. And I'm fine with a good conference if you get the call right. But like, you can't do this like throughout the game, especially in big spots and slow the game down. And then on Sunday, when you get was a clay martin was in the first one and then yep. obviously our Hockey like it's just like everything is a fucking struggle for these guys and they're wrong all the time i don't get it how can this be so hard yeah i think part of the problem is too like when you take a lot of time to to make a call there, there's so many more replays too that you know, all, all the fans and you know media is going to see like the, the mistake that was made or the call what, what should be the right call yeah i don't know how Cleek got this game at least vinovich has the afc championship which is at 6 30 Chiefs uh, at home, laying three and a half against the Bills. Uh, this game will be on CBS. Hopefully, everyone's CBS is working. I know uh, <laughs> how freaking bizarre that was uh, at three o'clock on Sunday when like everyone across the country is trying to watch CBS and it's just like a blank screen or a frozen screen and everyone missed like the first like five minutes of this chiefs game it's crazy i've never seen anything like that before like how do they just go out and they never like tweeted anything out they never addressed it on the telecast with nance they just like moved past it because i guess it worked for some people but twitter if you just search cbs on twitter at 305 that day like it was just like capital letters and cursing everywhere it was crazy i reset every cable box in my house like four different times like i had people showing up as the game was kicking off and i had to explain like no it's not just my house like apparently <laughs> other people have it too and then i don't remember if it was one of you guys was like it's on espn deportes so we turned that on that's <laughs> then as soon as i turned that on it was back on cbs so. did, did so cbs didn't say anything for why why this was why they got blacked out or whatever happened no wow direct tv was out the longest i know because I had yeah. them all up. I was like calling our satellite people. I was like, where is the game? Like, so I was like, are our boxes broken? Do I need to do something? And they were like, no, it's out everywhere. So, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, in, in, in terms of the, the, the game, I, I really like Kansas City. But again, I can't tell if it's just, it's so square again. Um, it seems like taking both these favorites is really square. I, I don't know. I feel like people are, are overrating Mahomes' injuries a little bit. And like, like you said, I don't think Buffalo has looked that good in the playoffs in general. I don't think they looked good last week. Um, maybe it was weather related, but I don't know. I, I do think this KC team, if, if they can somehow put it all together for, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to this season. I don't see why they, they can't dominate this game like they, they dominated Buffalo uh, earlier this year. Seems to me like Buffalo may be like they've they've they're an up and coming team. They may be a year away from winning this game. I don't know. I could see this like Jags Pats a couple years ago in the AFC championship game where like maybe Buffalo gets out early and then kind of the class of the Chiefs, you know, writes the ship. But uh, you know, fourth straight AFC Championship game for Chad Henney. So, um, <laughs> you know, you don't want to screw with that. He was involved in that that Jags Pats game on the sideline as a spectator. But, um, but he, I, he I don't was know. Bortles is he was Bortles as backup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, forgot. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> um, I love that after the after the game, Reed took credit for the interception that Henney threw, where he just like 
uncorked a freaking punt into the end zone, basically, and it was picked off on first down. I thought it was a good throw. I thought it was a perfect throw. <laughs> I don't want to see. I, I agree. I think we should probably take the Chiefs, but I don't want to see Henny in this game again. There was enough. He had his moment. It was great. The run was awesome. I still don't know how he didn't get the first down on that. Romo, by the way, Romo, when that run happened, was insane. Like yeah. he, he kept saying that Henny won the game. He won the game. And I was like, Tony, short. He's short. <laughs> like, calm Tony, the hell down. Tony. It's, it's gonna be fourth and one down yeah um i don't know if you guys have seen like the like the all 22 view of that that play did you guys either of you guys see that no it, it's weird because there's a cornerback like at the line of scrimmage and he sees like chad honey at or the cornerback at the first down marker and then the chad honey is at the, the line of scrimmage running towards him and he's kind of just staying at the first down marker it's, it's kind of weird to watch I, I don't know what he was thinking but a lot of browns fans i think we're getting on this this cornerback for misplaying it for whatever reason oh i saw i did see all 22 trending at one point this week but i didn't click on it uh but i mean the, the fourth down play call i mean it, uh, I, I thought that was phenomenal just the, the fact that they were going towards the two minute and i think the browns thought they they were going to just let the let it go to the two minute but they, they ended up snapping snapping quick uh, i thought that was pretty brilliant by by andy Reid and, and the chiefs offense and snapping it with six seconds to go on the play cock that was my favorite part like that brings me back to the lamar jackson frustrations like even when the ravens are running a hurry up they let the freaking play clock hit one every fucking play and he does the little hand clap and it comes back like there's no trickery. It's got to be so easy for the defenses to prepare for the Ravens because they, they take forever to get to the fucking play. It's like Cam Newton when he does his kneeling thing in the huddle and then waddles out to the fucking line and calls out things. It's always one second for Lamar. Like, why can't they get these plays off quicker? I don't get it. It's really frustrating. Sense. It's been a couple of times I feel like with the Ravens where we've watched them and like we've needed them to come back. And there's like five minutes left in the game. And you're like, guys, can you hurry it up? But I but I will say like. At the end of the day, I think Harbaugh actually has the clock management right. Like it actually, there's a couple times where I think it's worked out. But I agree with you; it's frustrating to watch. So, so who do you guys like in this game in terms of picking? I, I've been on Buffalo most of the week, but I every time I like think about like placing the bet, it, it scares me just because I, I think I texted you guys earlier today. Like both Buffalo wins hinged on like two really fluky defensive plays in the Colts game. If they don't get that fourth and goal stop, like who knows how that game plays out and then obviously with the Ravens game if they don't get that pick six and the Ravens tie it up I don't know if the Bills get tight there or whatever probably Lamar doesn't get hurt we, we don't get that whole sequence of events so they're definitely due for some non-good luck on that part and I think their defense is overrated although I mean you got to give them credit they make the plays and then they have to make the plays so I just don't know how you go against Mahomes and I just can't believe this line is so small like even when Everyone's like, oh, Mahomes is toe. Like he was still moving fine with the toe last week, and he was picking up first downs with his feet. We we even had a uh, little prop of Mahomes rushing yards over, which definitely would have hit if he didn't get knocked out of the game. I think he had 15 yards, and we needed 22 and a half, so that sucked. Also, yeah, yeah. Too No, I, I don't know where I am on the game, honestly. I mean, saying the Chiefs today, but if that line moves at all in favor of the Bills, I'd probably take it. You can get like a three, three, and a half. three and a half, four. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think, like, when was the last time uh, the Chiefs were laying this this few points at home uh, w- with their starting quarterback? I, I, again, I'm sure it's it's been years or kind of crazy. Yeah, you might never get an opportunity to get Mahomes at this cheap a price, right? I think so. But just think about it. Like, the Bills, <laughs> they only lost three games this year. One was to the Chiefs. The other was the, the Hale, Hale Murray against the Cardinals play. 
and then they lost the Titans after they had the whole COVID thing for two weeks. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, this is a really good Bills team. And Dayball is not going anywhere now, so he's going to be back next year, which is great. I'm assuming he's not getting the Texans job, but I don't even know who's getting the Texans job or who wants the Texans job. I was going to say, who, who do you guys think is actually in the running for that? I, I can't seem to handicap it. The enemy as a last-ditch effort to make Deshaun happy? Because I think he said nice things about him publicly. Could be right. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know what they're waiting for. Everyone else is gone. I mean, the Eagles are hiring, you know, Italian dudes off the Colts roster. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, Houston sounds like an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. Turns out, Bill O'Brien, maybe not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a GM for three or four years. Yep. That's true. You guys see he's, he's locked into Alabama, Bill yeah. O'Brien. Yep. And Doug Who's Marone. Who's line coach again? Oh, Marone. Yeah. Wait, is is Doug locked in too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because they're buddies. Oh, Mark's going to be okay. betting Alabama. It'll be roll tide all year next year. <laughs> <Can't> wait. <laughs> they're really fun to bet on, at least. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> for once for Marone. <laughs> Trev, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see who's going with Sark to be his offensive coordinator at Texas? I did, but I forget who it is. Kyle Flood, the former Rutgers. Yes, coach. yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's like his significance for for you guys? He's he was just a dumpster fire at Rutgers when he took over for Greg yeah. when he left. So, yeah. and then he did the whole Alabama rehab stint too. And then he spent some time. <laughs> he sent. Uh, he was with Sark with the Falcons, and when you know those couple years, and then he went back to Alabama. You know, Saban just like he's unbelievable. The Saban, Be- like I know Belichick's disciples have not been overly successful in the pros um, until Joe Judge wins his first Super Bowl, but. The Saban Belichick connection and some of the old stories with them, and then you realize like how many people that they've dispersed throughout the you know college and pro ranks is pretty pretty incredible. Totally, I'm surprised. It, it sounds like you guys don't like him, and even our friend Ian doesn't like Josh McDaniels. But I'd actually be happy with him if the Jets had hired him. I guess. I'm surprised I, you'd say that. I don't know how to read any of these guys from New England. And it, I'm just judging by his one experience and the fact that he goes to the Colts after agreeing to the job. Like, just both of yeah. those things leave a sour taste in my mouth. And I just don't like his demeanor on the sideline. It bothers me. So mm-hmm. those are stupid reasons not to like him. I just... I, I think the, the Denver thing was probably not as bad as, like, he... You know, I don't know. I thought he was okay in Denver. I didn't think he was a total disaster. He won a yes. playoff game with Tim Tebow, so... Yeah, no, I know. That's what I mean. And it's like, you know, we fire these guys and then you find out, like, Oh, the, you know, some of the alternatives aren't a whole lot better. Yeah. I so agree. I don't know, but I just I did not like that offense this year at all. I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't know why they were even playing Cam. So let's uh, dive into these coaching hires. Start with you, Mark. What did you think of uh, Robert Sala's press conference today with the Jets and the overall hire for your team? So I wasn't fully able to fully engage with the press conference. I had it on the background while I was working. Um, but but I, th- I think he, he did fine. Yeah, I, like he, like we talked about, I think he was like a little nervous, um, which is to be expected. I like that he's not going to be calling the, the, the defensive plays. He's just going to be a head coach. Um, it seems like the the coordinators he chose are, are pretty good. He got the uh, Michael Ford to be the offensive coordinator from San Francisco. And uh, I forget the name of the defensive coordinator, but he's coming from Atlanta. And I guess he worked under Raheem. Um, so I thought that was kind of positive. I'm not like super stoked. Like I think I have been for past Jets coaches, but certainly an improvement over Adam Gase. So, uh, I'm somewhat excited about next season. 
it was certainly an improvement over Adam Gase can be said for lots of people, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, that's the, uh, if that's the bar that you're setting, that's, that's not that great. Did you see who your new wide receivers coach is? Was it Tavon Austin? Did he actually say that? Miles Austin. Or Miles Austin. Sorry. Remember him? Oh. He dated uh, Kim Kardashian for a hot second at one point when he was like the Dallas Cowboys star receiver for Didn't like Didn't he go to Monmouth? Season. Isn't he? He's a Jersey guy, right? Yeah. yeah so my, my so. uncle was actually, he was the defensive backs coach at Monmouth while he was there. Supposedly Miles isn't the, the brightest person, but it's you know, <laughs> happened the last 10 years since since he graduated or 20 years since it's been. That's awesome, by the way. I didn't know that your, your uncle did that. That's so cool. He replaces uh, your Heinz Ward, I guess, as your receiving coach, right? Yeah, I think I think I'd prefer Heinz just based off of uh, name notoriety. I think we got to do a better job next year of like knowing these staffs in detail. Like those are two good examples of guys that like I would have liked to have known were involved. And like D'Amico Ryan's became the defensive coordinator to replace Sala in San Francisco. I think right. Yep. Yep. Right. Like D'Amico Ryan's was a good player for a long time. Like I didn't know he was coaching. No, I didn't either. Yeah, there's so many like uh, former players that are kind of just out of the league that are kind of rising pretty quickly, it seems. Yeah. You pointed out, Mark, you like that uh, Sala is going to be a CEO. He's given up the defensive play calling duties to the dude from Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I feel like in the last five years, it's been like always hiring like an offensive coach that calls the plays. And even these defensive coaches like Vic Fangio um, are just calling the plays. And it, it, like, we saw the success of Joe judge this year for the giants. I, I just prefer a coach that kind of oversees. And I think that's how it used to be. Like even in the nineties, the early two thousands, like you had a lot more coaches that were more CEO types and just changed for whatever reason the last 10 years. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit on the side, but like for that reason, I mean, when you asked who for Houston, I mean, they can go after Bienemy or whoever they want, but some of these like quote unquote cast off guys that have been, you know, were successful a couple years ago and just haven't had jobs recently, but could at least like stabilize an organization and have a little bit of like name recognition. Like it would worry me to bring a first time head coach into that environment and, uh, you know, with no structure at all and the whole thing's like burning around you. Like I'd rather get someone that at least has like a good example and he's not going to leave Arizona State rightfully so, but we'd be like Herm. You know, or somebody, just somebody with some experience and can walk in the door and immediately have some respect. And, you know, whether he's right or wrong, I don't know. But not I would not put a first time head coach or former coordinator into that situation. I think that's the disaster. I think I said this at one point this season, like I, I would be stoked if the Jets had hired Herm Edwards. Like I would love to run it back just to, yeah. I don't know. He's just, he such just a great not, guy. He's not a good NFL head coach guys. But, I mean, he's they made not. the playoffs like two or three times. And then it all went downhill and he was not good in Kansas city. Yeah, he was, he was not good in Kansas city, but I don't know. He seems like he's turned around Arizona state. Like he seems like a guy that, you know, maybe yeah. learned from some past mistakes. Like, I don't know. I, I could get on board with that. If you have great coordinators. Yeah, you're right. It could work. And but, didn't Marvin Lewis say he's not leaving her. Isn't Marvin Lewis at Arizona state too? I believe I think so. He's, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Antonio Pierce also is is on that yeah. staff. Yeah, went to was Arizona, getting, but coaches at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. getting some looks uh, for other Pac-12 jobs, I believe. He, he's probably a year or two away, but Pierce will be a head coach somewhere too. I love that guy. And, yeah, and I'm not sure if he, if he's still there, but I think Kevin Mawai was was at Arizona State on that same staff. I don't know if he's still there or not. I can't remember. Wow, is Mawai a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he got in last yeah. year. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a philosophical I, question. I just didn't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with Salah, like I think the all gas, no breaks mantra was like whatever. Like all these coaches have their stupid sayings, and like 
it's just funny that like do you think he actually like sat around like thinking of of that or is that something he's used for a long time and he's like what am i going to do here with the jets all well, gas no brakes okay okay we're gonna do that pedal to the metal all times well when you when you t- texted I, I thought that was like a like a play on Gase, like a joke or something. Like I didn't actually realize he actually said that. It was his first line. He goes, "My mantra is all gas, no brakes. You better get used to hearing it." And he's like, <laughs> "We, we, we. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, you got to be better when you go to sleep than when you woke up. All gas. The way you rehab, the way you have breakfast, <laughs> the way you communicate with your teammates, the way you communicate with your coaches, the way you practice. Just pedal to the metal." I do remember Rex's opening press conference with the Jets and he talked about his philosophy as the kill philosophy kill philosophy, which is keep it likable and warnable. And he went into this whole rant on that. I, I was actually looking at a tweet that uh, Rich Samini, the ESPN beat reporter for the Jets and longtime Jets beat reporter. So he ranked his he's he's been to twelve head coach inter- introductions and he ranked them based on entertainment value. <laughs> Um, what do you, what do you think was his top five? So yeah, he's Rick, been around Rex since basically the nineties. Gotta be up there, right? Yeah. Rex and Herm were one, two. The so Belichick goes, one, when he walks away, was that count or does that, he, not he count? counted it. He put it eight, uh, in parentheses, he put short, short lived. Yeah. <laughs> the Gase uh, one with the eyes. <laughs> yeah. So he, he had Gase five and he, again, he put for weirdness. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mangini's got to be near the bottom. I still remember that. It was boring as shit. Uh, yeah, he's, he had that last. Okay, Bowles also really boring. Second to last. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're missing an obvious one. Parcells? Parcells oh, yeah. Was, three. Parcells. yeah. yeah. was that the, was it New England or was it the Jets when he said, you know, if you want me to cook the meal, you got to let me buy the groceries? <laughs> I think that I was, think that was in New England because he was complaining about Kraft not giving him control. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. And then he he had Rich Cotite four, which I guess there was some Leon Hess, uh, the former owner of the Jets, being involved in that, which I, I don't remember. Speaking of Jets owners, Woody's on his way back. For all you Bird Jets fans out there, he was a uh, Christopher Johnson, his brother, the acting CEO for the last four years, while Woody was serving as a uh, ambassador to the UK for Donald Trump. Now he's coming back. He's, he was on a plane while new coach is being introduced and they said he's going to assume his rightful place atop the organization with all decision-making control going back to him so get excited for woody and his jets hat that he wears at all times even if he's at fancy functions isn't that like the plot of robin hood like not the robin hood side but like the prince it's like the the prince leaves and like his little brother's running the show and everything goes to hell and then (laughs) Uh, his brother did okay i guess did do great hired gase I mean, I think he has like the worst record in terms of an owner, but I think the player, the players seem to like him. I don't know why, but well, he did, he did a lot of good stuff with like the kneeling and, and supported true. them like before it was like cool to support them. He was supporting them even like a couple of years ago. So I think he got a lot of points for that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Either way, Salah had the all gas, no breaks, but I didn't think he was like one of those cliche, like tough guy speeches. Like I was a little worried last year when Joe Judge got introduced because it was like, Oh, yeah. That whole like we're going to be blue collar and represent the city and the <laughs> and the state in New Jersey and like you know I, I don't need to hear that shit like the the players don't not give a shit about that whatsoever no one's like trying to represent the blue collarness of any area every fucking city has a blue collar area that you could say <laughs> that about too like is New Jersey New York City the most blue collar area in the country no it's like the wealthiest so I don't know why like, he gets off even saying that the like, Giants fan base is probably the richest fan base in the country so um. <laughs> But I, he turned out to be okay. But like Dan Campbell today, 19-minute opening Dan. statement. 
19 minutes opening statement for former giant Dan Campbell with the Lions. He gave quotes like, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way, we're going to bite your kneecap off. All right. (laughs) We're going to stand up and it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. And we're going to get up and it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do... We're going to take another hunk out of you. <laughs> like, why does this, why do people do this? Like, the problem is he's going to end up on the unemployment line in 18 months. And, you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, should we go hire this former head coach? And they're going to watch that or pay attention to what happened. And he's like, no, this is insane. Like, why not just get up there and just be like contrite and, uh, you know, just give them the, yeah, we're, look, we're going to install a program. We're going to work really hard and we're going to get it done and blah, blah, blah. And then just move on. Like, what the fuck? Why do these guys need to play a part in a play? I don't know. He signed a six-year deal, though, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Former Jet, former Jet Aaron Glenn will be his defensive coordinator in Detroit. There you go. I feel really old now that all these guys that we watched growing up are now yeah. coaching. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, even Dan Campbell's 44. Like, I remember him, his giant oh, years yeah. pretty. Oh, yeah. Put Detroit on the list, by the way. That'll be a early and often team next year. We got to fade Detroit week one. I mean, if you remember his first game as interim coach, the the, the Dolphins came out yeah. firing. I, I could see fading him maybe week two. Maybe the play. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. But that was the interim coach bump. I was on a plane back from Florida watching that game. I remember distinctly. Yeah, I don't know if you get the bump with the offseason, but who knows? It's something to monitor. What are the other hires? Uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Maybe that's like a good under the radar hire. Probably no, not. Nobody's <laughs> talking about it, which I think is kind of interesting. It doesn't seem like anybody's talking about it. No. I just think the name is so nondescript. Like, it shouldn't matter at all, but it matters so much. Yeah. You got Arthur Blank, Arthur Smith. I said it's like the Mike Smith. Mike Smith, the old Falcons coach. Just like, (laughs) it's almost like he didn't even exist. Think back. (laughs) So true. If Ryan's back, I'm not getting on board with anything there. Because, like, all all that Arthur Smith has proven is that he, he had Derrick Henry and ran him, like, 30 times a game. Is that Tannehill was good? I, mean, I know Tannehill was good. I, I assume they're going to draft a quarterback. I, I think they have a it's like a top seven pick. I want to say. Yeah, they're up there. I don't know. These quarterbacks play forever now. Yeah, it's Ryan true. looks totally shot. And again, Ryan's older than you remember. He was drafted, I think, thirteen or fourteen years ago. Yeah, he's thirty-five. He might be thirty-six next year. <sighs> Man, was not a other? deep pool, of guys. No. Philly hired, uh, I keep forgetting his name. <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. I know he saw it today, but I, I can't remember. Siachia or something? Isn't it S? Nick Siriana. Siriana. Oh, that was close. Yeah. Well, I have no thoughts on that. The Eagles are going to be a dumpster fire next year, too. Who else are we missing? Who's the Chargers coach? Oh, Staley from the Rams. Not Dable. I don't know how I feel about that. I really wanted a nice offensive coach with Herbert and I just hope he he's I'm assuming he's bringing some like McVay like intern to be his offensive coordinator. <laughs> so that worries me too. But well, Mark's made this point and it's a really good one. It's like, you know, the problem with hiring a defensive coach is now he's going to bring in an offensive coordinator and you hope he works out. Right. But if that offensive coordinator works out, he's going to be hired to be a head coach somewhere else in two years. So then you're going to have your 25 year old franchise quarterback changing offensive coordinators every couple of years. It's just not Mark. If that was your point, I agree with it. It's going to happen. It could happen to the jets. I mean, I like this daily hire. I, I would have actually liked the, the jets to hire him. It seems like he's 
up and comer and, and the Chargers just went for it early. I mean, it could, he could be turned out to turn out to be a disaster, but I'd, I'd rather chance it on a, on a young guy like that. And hopefully he's, he's going to be a good coach. I don't know. Look at the coaches left in the last two rounds. Like they're not the up and comers, right? Really? Like, I feel like McVeigh's an outlier and that kind of clouds it for everybody. I guess LaFleur. But Stefanski, I mean, right? McDerm- I'm just like, I'm thinking about like McDermott, Reed, Harbaugh, Tomlin. Like these guys are still getting it done year in and year out. A Pete Carroll. Ron Rivera. Were there more hires this year than normal? Like were there more, was there more turnover? I think there was what, seven this year? Seven, yeah. yeah I feel like there's yeah. usually like five to eight in general. Um, yeah. I think last year was a light. I think it was only like five last year, if I remember correctly. Because it yeah. feels like, I mean, so these guys aren't presumably, unless anything goes totally haywire, these guys will still be there. And then you're going to have like the old, you know, stalwarts like what you just talked about. I don't know. The Bengals are going to have their pick of the litter when they fire <laughs> Zach Taylor next year. So are the Broncos. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably, I think you're right. I think that both those two teams are, are definitely fine. They're coaches. You go I, the, I actually bet one happens in season. I'd, I'd make that bet right now. Yeah. I think the Bengals will do it in season. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I don't. I don't know. Got to think about that a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Gruden could be on the hot seat next year, too. Yeah. I mean, he's got such a long deal from what I remember. I think it's no like one two- know. Apparently, that's fake news. Apparently, yeah. that no one ever confirmed that. That was just yeah. a, a report. Okay. That was denied heavily. I'm not the world's biggest Gruden fan, but who exactly are they going to get that's better? I know. Like that, that team is not going to think outside the box to hire, you know, some 34 year old offensive coordinator that's been sitting in a dark room for seven years. And I think they need like him as like a brand to like sell that team in that new city and the right. stadium. Like, totally. I think that's part of the keeping him there. I feel like also just like the AFC things are tipping in the AFC's direction. Maybe that's like an overreaction to like having Mahomes, but like the well, NFC is like Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, even older. And the AFC's now got going to get Trevor Lawrence. They've got Burrow, Lamar, Mahomes, Herbert. Darnold. <laughs> right? Don't you feel like, like they're totally right? Power. I didn't even think about that, but they're stacked in quarterbacks. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, yeah, J- yeah Justin they brought Fields. that graphic up. Last weekend was uh, all four of the AFC quarterbacks last weekend were 25 or younger, right? And all four of the NFC ones were, maybe there was one outlier, but they're all, you're right. You're right. a golf was the outlier, yeah. That's crazy cool. to know. Next year, we got to take the AFC against the NFC, which I think we always do in general, right? Typically. Yeah. God, I can't wait for next season. See, in general, too, in those games, and we should think about that a little bit more. Like, I don't know what the historical records are, but we talked about the AFC South being a little bit under the radar. But in the AFC in general, smaller market teams, typically. Um, So in AFC, NFC matchups, maybe there's a little bit of more line value, just name recognition on the NFC. Would you take, uh, going back to this year, I think I like both these AFC teams better than the NFC teams in the Super Bowl on a neutral field. If, if. They weren't wearing like their uniforms. I think Green Bay may be the best. I don't know. I could see Green Bay winning this year. Who do you guys want to to be in the Super Bowl, and who do you guys want to to win? Like, who are you guys rooting for? I don't really care who wins in the AFC. Like, I want to say I want the Bills because I like it is an awesome fan base. It is cool when they're good. I like the coaching staff. I like Josh Allen. I think I like Diggs, but it's hard to like. 
I, no one like hates Mahomes, right? Like they're so fun to watch. So like having him in a Super Bowl would would be awesome, and like to start a dynasty would be cool. I love Andy Reid, but I don't need to see Brady in another Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Trev. He's had enough, and Rodgers deserves this one. I feel like, especially for the the season that he put in, I think he deserves this this one. Bills, Bucks, Bucks win by a touchdown. That's what I would like to see. Wow, that, that's super unconventional. I appreciate it. That's what I'd like to see. That's not what I think is going to happen. No, I know. Ar- Arians doesn't deserve this. No. <laughs> Against his best wishes, they may win. <laughs> so, so are you rooting for Tom like as a Michigan man? I really like in all sports to just like observe greatness. And so, like there's just something different about these guys. And I think it's incredibly cool what he's done and I'm all for having it continue. Like, I think he's totally wired differently. I think, you know, this would be like a totally different feather in his cap away from Belichick, you know, at this age, I don't know. I think, I think it'd be an an amazing story, honestly. Totally. Uh, you know, one thing I was thinking the the other day was, um, I think Andy Reid's like early sixties right now. And I, I don't know where he is like on the all time coaching win list, but, I mean, with Mahomes, Mahomes being 25, like, I think there's a chance, like, Reed coaches another 10 years, let's say, and, you know, maybe he could become the the all-time winningest coach, and, you know, who, who knows how many Super Bowls he's going to win over the next 10 years. Like, there's, like, an outside chance that Andy Reed, I think, I don't know what you guys think, like, could go down as, like, maybe the greatest coach ever, which is kind of hard to believe, I think, right now, but, uh, I don't know, just kind of looking looking down on the future and assuming the Chiefs continue to perform like like they have been. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. He's you got ahead of yourself. <laughs> He's got okay, one okay. Super Bowl. And the um, failures do not come off of his resume, too. No. It's like I'm still going to hold the 2011 finals against LeBron forever just because he's been amazing for this many years. Like that that happened and it will forever have happened. And Reed blew a lot of freaking playoff games in Philly for his own doing. Well, I mean, I, and I hate to admit this because I'm a, I'm a Jordan believer, too, but I, I think with you know, LeBron winning this past year, you know, if he wins two more, like, don't you think the conversation gets, I know I'm talking to two Bulls fans, so I, I don't know. It seems like the, the narrative is changing a little bit. I don't want it to be the case, but how many has LeBron lost? Yeah. He's lost nine or 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to speak. No, he hasn't lost nine or 10 like. finals, but yeah, he's lost. Is it nine? I no, thought he's lost nine. I thought he's lost seven. I thought he's like three and nine for some reason in the final or four and nine or something. I thought he was four and six now. Okay. Is he four this and is seven? Not a basketball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you brought up greatness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Loyal listener Jeff Kong is on Team Jordan too. So yeah. I, I think but it's like I, our generation. So. I'm Team Jordan is you know forever and always, but I will say that I actually think LeBron, his career is underrated uh, for everything he's done. I mean, basketball and like the fact that you know he's been under the spotlight for. 20 years nonstop and he really hasn't done anything wrong. It's, it's incredible. And Mahomes is looking like he's going to have that kind of path too, right? Yeah, I think so. So Andy's got 220. I don't know when this is as of looks like through this regular season, 221 wins. Belichick's 280. Okay. And I think, I think Sean Shaw is like 347, right? 328. Hallis is 318. Phil's going to want to get to those records, right? I can't see it. I think Bill is coaching until he, he passes Shula. Oh, I thought you meant passes away. <laughs> <laughs> 50 wins is going to be 
That's a lot. That's a tall order for Belichick at this stage with no quarterback. This is a big offseason. He could pull off Deshaun. He just sent his GM there. Inside deal. Yeah. I love that. I still love that theory, Trav. Love it. Well, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I thought, well, I thought, didn't you put the theory that like he was going to let Casario go there? So No, it was the opposite. It oh, was, it was the opposite. He was okay. downplaying Casario to like get the bloom off the rose. Yeah, that's right. All right, so going to our heads, what are we, we're taking the favorites this weekend, probably like a total bunch of squares because we've lost a bunch of money in two weeks. <laughs> I think I am. Yes. I mean, it seems like Buffalo is getting all the action, though. I don't know if that's like skewed early week bets because of the Mahomes injury, but it seems like the Chiefs, once again, for the second straight week, are not the the popular square play, which is just mind blowing to me because I feel like if he doesn't get hurt, they totally covered the 10 there, yeah. even though that line got back down to seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, we lost both both starting quarterbacks in their two big games this past weekend and Lamar Jackson, Mahomes. Like, I think if they both end up finishing, I think they both end up at least covering the tees for Baltimore, and I think the Chiefs end up covering the spread. Yep. I think, yeah, I think worst case this week, if you bet both favorites, you're going to split too. And maybe you diversify, like Trav said, with some of those alternate lines and spread it around on the favorites and try and do some work that way. All right. Mark, you got any trivia for us before we get, before we get out of here? Yes. Um, yeah, I got a couple actually. Um, so, so last week, uh, off the listeners, the listeners didn't didn't come through uh, with a question. Uh, I asked because we were on this whole defensive pass interference thing. What wide receiver holds the uh, record for most defensive pass interferences generated in a season? I don't know if you guys have any guesses or want to take a stab at it uh, because nobody else chimed in. Unfortunately, I think I said Randy Moss. So I'll stick with him, but I can't give you a year or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd just take a wild card, Andre Johnson. I don't know why. Uh, both both good guesses. Um, both both incorrect, though. Um, any guess at the, the number? Number of penalties or yards? No, sorry, number of penalties generated. I don't actually have the yardage. 12. Yeah, 11. Mm. Give me a year. Um, so it's actually a tie. There's, there's two guys tied for the top spot. One happened in 2014. The other happened in 2017. Oh. And I think one of, one of you guys had floated kind of a theory last week. Um, you're on the right track. Tory Smith. Wow. That's Is correct. that right? Yes. Holy <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> what a pull. Jesus. That was 2014. Yeah. Wow. Holy, I'm like blown away. Oh, because of Flacco. Yeah. Flacco. Still, that's, I, I would never have gotten that. That's pretty Unreal. good. Damn. I guess 2017, uh, Antonio Brown? Uh, no, not Antonio Brown. One of your guesses was kind of on on the right track, in, in a sense. Vincent Last Jackson? <laughs> What's that? Deshaun, no. DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Correct, 2017. I was thinking when when you said Andre Johnson, which the Texan uh, Texans yeah. receivers, yeah, nice, impressive. So another thing I, I thought I'd do this week, and I'm curious how it'll go. I, I thought I'd give you a couple audio clips and see if you guys can guess <laughs> wow. who's doing the audio and an ode to Mike Francesa. <laughs> this is awesome, the, the Mad Dog. So let, let me let me tee this up. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. Okay. This team is going to the playoffs. 
Okay, this team's going to the playoffs. Jimmy Fossil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're asking okay. two Giants fans, but that's still a great clip and very enjoyable yeah. to listen I, to. I thought that that might have been. Awesome. Maybe, maybe, I hadn't heard his voice in a long time, so thought maybe. You got to start us off with a cupcake if you're doing yeah. a video. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Sorry, let me get this other one. That was the uh, Trav. That was the 2003 season, or was that earlier? I don't. It was not the Super Bowl year. I don't okay. think. Uh, it, it, I don't think it was either. I think it was. Yeah, they. No, they they did go to the Super Bowl that year. Oh, did, did they? they? I think so. Hmm. It seems I right. I know it was we struggled the earlier. Season they went to the Super Bowl. 2001 was the game. Yeah. Okay. Instant halftime show with Brittany and Nelly Aerosmith. Oh wow. Oh, that's that should be a good. We should do that as a discussion for the Super Bowl pod. Yeah. Talk about halftime shows. Uh, okay, audio clip number two. You ready? Yep. It's it, it's it's hard. You know, there's there's just so many people that that are responsible for that, that that share had a hand in that, that can share in that, and you know, before the game. Two of the most important people in my life, two of the people that were probably most responsible for my football career early on in my life, thank you, are, uh, are up in heaven. You know, it was my mom and, and, my, and my grandfather. And... Drew Brees? Yeah, Drew Brees. <laughs> okay. That was too easy. I, I thought you guys would struggle with that one because I don't think I'd recognize his voice necessarily. Um, so the context of, of that that interview quote is uh, after he broke, I don't know if it was the touchdown record or the yardage record against the, the Washington football team on that Monday night massacre yeah. where we took Washington. <laughs> and oh, I figured I'd do a send off, send off for Drew uh, since it sounds like he's retiring. Mm-hmm. Bye, Drew. Um, okay, that, that's the only audio clips I have for this week, but I'll, I'll do a better job. That's awesome, Mark. That was great. Job preparing yeah. next, next you, you, you settled us in nicely, but I think you can you can go for some deep pulls next week. Okay. okay. For like two were, weeks. I remember there were a couple with Dog where they were arguing if it was Forrest Gregg or not. This is not Forrest Gregg! <laughs> <laughs> they, they would pick the most obscure interviews from Super Bowl week and just play a clip. <laughs> I miss that so much. Oh, the marquee. Oh the message boards, the Mike and the Mad Dog message boards of people yeah. trying to figure out who the right answer was. <laughs> it would take them yeah. days to figure out one of the audio clips. And uh, what would they do? Like, Jimmy, give me audio 63. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need at least two, like two or three deep, deep ones next week. Just hilarious bites. Okay. That's your, that's your right. t- You have two weeks. We're taking next week off. So right. I'm going um, to hop in on Mark's domain because I got a text. Uh, there was a question that I thought was kind of fun. So we've done, you know, the, one of the other Francesca questions is the which schools have produced college, uh, sorry, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and presidents. We did that this this year and we added Biden and Flacco to the list for Delaware. Um, the question is, if you take that list, which team that was in the playoffs this year would have had to have won the Super Bowl to add on to that list? Ooh, I'm sorry. Can you ask that again? All right, so you got the the, the Super Bowl uh, winning quarterbacks and presidents that went to the same school, right? You got yeah. the five schools, Navy, Michigan, Stanford, Miami, and now Delaware. So what team in the NFL playoffs this year would have had to win the Super Bowl to add and be the, the sixth team on that list? Oh, <clears throat> so we got Josh. Well, that's not going to be Josh Allen. Uh, Texas Tech, not Mahomes. I'm thinking that a president maybe went to Louisville. 
Lamar? No. Damn. What about? Oh no, I guess he already won one. It can't be Drew Brees, at Purdue. Oh. It, I, I'd be shocked if it was Baker at Oklahoma. Oh, I know what it was. It was uh, Heineke. Not Heineke. Good guess. That's what I first thought too. Where did he go again? He went to Wake Forest, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you oh, know, no. I'm mixing, I'm mixing him up with Danucci and James Madison University. Yeah. Wait, Wolford went to, John Wolford oh, went to. Oh, yeah. Wolford went Forest. to uh, Wake Forest. That's right. Wait, know. where did Tannehill go to school? Uh, Texas A&M. Assume it's not Texas A&M. It's Trubisky. <laughs> Mitchell, North Carolina. James Polk. Heineke went to Old Dominion, so right. similar to James Madison. Wow. And that's the only one that would have worked? Yeah, I think so. That was shout-out Austin for the uh, update. That's a, Thank good, you. that's a good question. I like that. Um, I do have one more if you, if you guys want to do it. Yeah, a tra- please. Traditional one. So with, with Tom Brady making the NFC Championship game this week for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, he becomes the fourth player to fourth quarterback to play in both the AFC championship game and an NFC championship game. Who are the other three quarterbacks to accomplish this feat? Montana. Yeah. Joe Montana did it in 1993. It was actually, he, he did it with Kansas city. He played, played the Buffalo bills and then the AFC championship game. Coincidentally, the same as this year. Revenge game. Mm, I thought Montana, I, uh, I thought Montana. Why can't I say his name? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Montana and Brady were the only ones because I did hear this, but I didn't. I thought he joined Joe Montana as the only quarterback to do that. But the I, the, the other two are, are obscure. I, I think okay. one of them maybe you could uh, get. Oh no, I was gonna say Unitas. Yeah, not not Johnny U. No. Is it? Is it? And a Super Bowl era? It has to be. Yeah. 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 Super Bowl era. Um, one, one, I'd be, I've never heard of the guy. I'd, I'd be shocked if you guys got it. Um, one, I think you have an outside chance of getting. Plunkett? Uh, not Jim Plunkett. Okay. That's, I like that guess. Um, so, so the years that uh, one of the players accomplished it was, he did it 1986 with an NFC team. And then in 1990, he made it with an AFC team. Oh, so he's yeah. not necessarily the starter. No, he was the starter in both games. And so it, another, another hint I'll give you was that in that 1986 NFC championship game, uh, his team lost to the New York Giants. Yeah. 17-3. There's the Redskins? Yep. And the quarterback? Answer... Is <laughs> Jay Schroeder? Wow, Michael! Whoa, nice done. I just don't get my tech, mo- my tech mobile knowledge because everybody knows Jay Schroeder because he was he was Bo Jackson's quarterback. Yeah, oh, good, good thought process. <laughs> yeah, so he, he made it eighty six with the Redskins. They lost seventeen three to the Giants. Then he made it in nineteen ninety with the Oakland Raiders. They yeah, that's lost. what I was thinking of the Raiders team in ninety. They lost fifty-one to three to the Buffalo Bills in the the AFC Championship game. Crazy. Uh, the other guy is Neil was, O'Donnell. The other one or no? No, no. He, he was he was only in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the, the other one was from the 1970s, uh, a guy by the name of Craig Morton. He played mm. with the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. Hmm. I wouldn't have gotten that one. No. That's a good right. question. Uh, I, I could leave the listeners with, with one last one. Without looking it up, can you guess who has the best completion, completion percentage in NFL history? Is there a minimum attempts? Uh, let's go minimum 500 attempts. Good question. Completion percentages overall are like off the charts these days, just as an aside. I, I was like sorting through the league leaders this year and it was like crazy. So much dinking and dunking. It's not fair. Yeah. 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 Isn't there a punter that's like seven for seven? Probably. Couldn't I tell you. So. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're right. The completion percentages are high. Okay. All right. NFC championship, AFC championship. Take the favorites and don't look back. That's the advice from us. Uh, we'll, we'll be off next week, a much-deserved bye week after plowing through the regular season and the playoffs, but we'll have a, a, a Super Bowl mag of edition coming for you uh, to preview Super Bowl 55. Guys, talk to you soon.